All right, welcome to the program. My name is Jesse Peterson. Tonight we're going to update you on BOND, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. Uh, we are seven years old now, and uh, a lot has happened uh, since starting seven years ago. We are a national organization, so I'm going to tell you about BOND this first half hour tonight. And uh, next week, we're going to introduce you to some of the people who have been involved in our organization and let you see how screwed up they are. Uh, <clears throat> Bond was started seven years ago. Um, prior, to, prior to seven years ago, I had been looking uh, for the truth. Um, up until the age of 37, I was a very weak man. I didn't know how to deal with life. I, I didn't have self-control. Uh, I, I was born a Baptist and a Democrat, and because of that, I truly suffered. Um, I went to, as I grew up, I went to all of the major churches that you can think of. I came to California at the age of 18, and uh, I was looking for something. I went to all the major churches, Crenshaw Christian Center, West Angeles, Church of God in Christ, uh, all of these big churches in, in the Los Angeles area. And I, I didn't find what I was looking for. I soon realized that it wasn't there. There's nothing in those churches, so I got the hell out of those churches. And as a result, I, uh, one day I saw what was wrong with me. But prior to that, I was just having sex. I was on welfare. I didn't have control of myself. Uh, I was kind of like a guy I know named Wayne. But uh, I'm better today because I woke up. I began to understand. And as a result of waking up, and you will meet Wayne later tonight. As a result of waking up, I saw that everything that I was looking for was already with me. It was inside of me. But because I didn't have a good dad in the home and my mother had to raise me on, a, on, on her own, uh, it was difficult to find that. I had lost that along the way. <clears throat> so we started Bond. Uh, we started Bond uh, with the purpose of rebuilding the black community by rebuilding the black man. 99.9% of black men are weak. They are worse than women. They're very, and, and what I mean by weakness, are you saying right now, oh, I'm not weak, I'm, I'm a man, I'm not weak. Uh, I mean that they are not in control of themselves. They're out of, out of control emotional, emotionally. They're very emotional, just like a woman. They get angry very easily. They look to the woman to tell them what to do as opposed to them telling the woman how, how to do it. Um, they have sex out of wedlock, and most of them go to church. Uh, they don't know how to deal with the world. You know, they are angry at the white folks. They are very lazy and insecure. So what we did, we started Bond to find out why is that. They'll wear earrings and ponytail, acting just like a woman. And we want them to understand that, how did that happen, and for them to overcome it. So in our meetings, we deal, we deal with those issues as well. Because once you see what went wrong, uh, you're then able to overcome it. We are a nonprofit organization. And in reality, we are doing what the churches are supposed to do. But unfortunately, I don't, I, I'm not friendly with churches at all because I realize that nearly all, not all, but nearly all, 99.9% .9 of the ministers are not called by God. They're called by their mothers. You know, the mother or the grandmother or somebody said, boy, one day you're going to be a preacher. And so they, they didn't grow up having the courage to deal with life, so they became preachers. 
And it's very easy to become a preacher. All you need to do is read the Bible, find a little hole in the wall, invite the people to come, and quote the Bible back to the people. That's all it takes to be a preacher and say that I'm a preacher. And, we have essence, and then we are forced to respect those people just because they're called preachers. It doesn't matter if they cheat on their wives or if they're homosexuals, uh, if they're afraid to deal with reality inside the church. Uh, we still respect them with a false respect, so we have to overcome that. We, uh, we have entrepreneurial programs where, where young people overcome their problems. They are ready to start a business. We help them, them get their business started. We have mentor programs where we try to hook them up with a businessman so that he can teach them a trade uh, or whatever it is that he's doing. We have a job hotline, uh, whereas we find jobs for them, those that want to work. I have to say many of them don't want to work, but those that do want to work, we find a job for them. Um, we're also open to women, you know, even though the focus is on the man because we know that if the men should wake up and take hold of their life, then the woman would fall in place. Uh, it has been ordained that the, uh, the man should be the head of his family. And uh, whether we like it or not, that's how it is. There's God, Jesus, man, woman, and children. And whatever that order is broken, you end up with the kind of chaos that we see within the black community. And it's now happening in the other part of our population, other aspect of our country, white communities and others. And so what we're trying to do is put the man back in the head uh, by allowing him to see how to, to get there. <clears throat> um, another thing that we're trying to destroy, it is abnormal for a man to look up to another man, meaning that uh, within the black community, black men are looking up to people like Louis Farrakhan, Jesse Jackson, Maxine Waters, uh, the NWACP, the Black Caucus, um, whomever. They're looking up to these people to be their leaders. And anytime you turn your life over to another man or a woman, but especially a man, they would take and it, they would take it. And they would destroy you. They would mislead you. They would misguide you. They will destroy your life. In the Bible, it says that you should only have one God. And anytime you as an adult turn your life over to another man or a woman, that person become your God. And you're now subject to that. And we see that in the black community. We see it uh, in the area of welfare. If, if those false leaders say black people should have welfare, we fight to stay on welfare. If they say we should have affirmative action, we fight to stay on affirmative action. If they say we need a government program, vote for Bill Clinton or whatever, we do it without even thinking because we're subject to them. And yet it's so crazy because the people who are leading us in this way, none of them are on welfare. None of them are dependent on affirmative action. None of them are sending their kids to these public schools. They are telling us to live a life that they are not living. And, and we're so crazy because we are caught up with these folk that we can't see the reality of what is happening. We got to wake up. Black people got to wake up. Um, as a result of starting this organization, the principles that we were talking about applies to all of mankind. We began to get letters and phone calls from white people and Mexicans or Hispanics or American Mexicans. What are they called now? Uh, and Hispanics. I'm sorry. Hispanics. Uh, what? Hispanics. 
Yes, Hispanics. And uh, so we opened the organization up to everybody. We took out rebuilding the black community by rebuilding the black man, and we have rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man because the principles apply to all of mankind. Uh, another thing I think is real crazy in the black community, Louis Farrakhan, for an example, uh, he teaches hatred by saying that the white man is the blue-eyed devil and that it's because of him that we are in this hell that we are in. And yet he called himself a minister, a man of God. And, and, and black people follow that. I, I just can't understand that. If a man is calling himself a man of God and he is uh, teaching hatred, how is it that we can follow a person like that? That blows my mind. I, I, I can't understand it. Wake up, black folk, wake up. You know, what I've come to realize, well, let me say this first. Jesse Jackson, for example, uh, he goes wherever the camera goes, wherever the TV camera is, he's there. If it means being at a homosexual rally and giving a talk, he's there giving the talk. Not to correct the homosexuals, but to, I guess, I, I guess be friends with them or something, I don't know. And yet, black people follow him. I can't understand that. Does that make sense to anybody in the audience? If it makes sense to anybody, hold your hand and I'll ask you about it later. It makes sense to you. It does make sense to you. Let me see your hand if it makes sense. It makes sense that a preacher should go along with homosexuality. I know why he, I like, I can tell why he does it. Okay, you're going to tell me later on the stage. All right. Um, it doesn't make sense to me that Maxine Waters would fight for welfare and affirmative action, and she's not on that stuff, and black people fall for that. We have a serious problem, and the problem is we don't have fathers in the home. If you don't have a father in the home, you end up, you know, the Bible says that if the head of the household fails, the whole house fail, fall, fails, right? And that means that if that father's not there, or if he's there and the woman is running the home, you end up with screwed up kids. We end up screwed up in life. You can tell us anything and we go for it. We don't have courage. We don't have self-control. We're not secure within ourselves because that father has not been there to guide us in the right way. The mother can't do it. Well, she could do it, but it's almost impossible for her to do it, mainly because it is hard for women, not all, but most, to give up hatred. Women strive on hate, and we'll talk about it more. You know, They live off hate. They look for things to hate so that they can function. That doesn't operate in a man, but it works for a woman. A woman can hate you, Get up in the morning, make breakfast, send the kids off to school, wash the dishes, get dressed, go to work, come home, cook dinner, wash clothes, and go to bed from that hatred. But a man, when he has that kind of hatred, he turned to an alcoholic, a drug addict, a dope dealer, a murderer. He turned, he turned to a woman. It doesn't really work for men in the manner that it does women. But the point is, because that woman is striving off his hatred, it's difficult for her to, to raise sound children because what she does is pass that on to her children. The hatred that she has for her father, for her, for her mother, and for, for especially her dad, she passed that on to her children. You're just like your father. You're no good. Uh, you know, uh, and she passed it on because it's not in her nature to do it. 
after the child become of age, about three years age or six or something like that, it's time for her to pass her kid on to the dad and let him take over for that. But the sad thing about it, dad been screwed up by his mother and by his father. So he's not able to do it. He's like, he doesn't even know how to deal with his wife. He was afraid of her. He's looking for sex so that she can make him feel good. And when he's, she's mad at him, he's a coward. He doesn't know how to deal with it, so he kind of bail out, right? We got to bring the fathers back. It doesn't matter how much the Democratic Party say they love you or the Republican Party. It doesn't matter how much money they give you, how much welfare they give you, affirmative action. It doesn't matter if you go to church Monday through Monday or Sunday through Sunday all day long. You're still going to be screwed up. You're going to be screwed up until you overcome your hatred, until you overcome your anger, until you overcome reacting to the world. None of this stuff is going to help you at all that you're looking for outside. Everything that you're looking for is within you. And it begins with your parents first. A A lot of us don't want to admit that we resent or hate. They're both the same. Our parents. You can ask the average male, do you hate your mother? Oh, no, not my mother. I don't hate my mother. Well, can you stand up to your mother? No, I would never stand up to my mother. Uh, that is disrespect. But they don't know that it's fear. Mother has instilled this fear in them, and they think that they are operating from respect, when in essence they are operating from fear. And that's why they deal with the world in a fearful manner. I challenge you today uh, to each and every one of you that's looking, uh, uh, watching me on this program or in this audience, I challenge you to go home and tell your mother exactly what you feel about her. And don't get angry at her. Just look at her with a nice little smile and say, Mom, you know what? All my life I've hated you because you were so controlling, you were so dominating. When I tried to speak up to you, you wouldn't allow me to do it. You told me to shut up. You know, you're the mother. Or some mothers are very uh, kind of nice, kind of like my grandmother. My grandmother was very, she treated me like a baby all of my life. And as a result, I grew up acting like a baby. And I couldn't tell her, you know, not to do that. But I had to finally stand up to my parents before I was able to overcome. But I challenge you to go home and tell your mother what you feel about her and don't hate her. You can't do it. You absolutely cannot do it for your life. And if you do it, uh, instead of forgiving her, see, most mothers, you say, you know, Mom, I resented you for this. She's going to say, well, I didn't do that to you. That wasn't my fault. You're just wrong. You still walk away with that hatred instead of forgiving her. You got to forgive your mom. You're not going to be free until you forgive. When you forgive, then God is going to forgive you. Most mothers, not all, but most, 99.9% again, will send you to hell before they admit that they are wrong. They would send you to hell before they admit that they screwed up your life. So you got to forgive. When we come back from this break, we're going to talk about the purpose of forgiveness and how it set you free. Back in a moment. Bond, the brotherhood organization of a new destiny. Rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. 
For more information, call us toll-free, 1-800-411-BOND. That's 1-800-411-BOND. Okay, welcome back to the program. I'm having a good time. I didn't realize I can talk so long, but uh, it seems to be working thus far. Bond is a, is a very unique organization, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. And I do want to tell you that if you want to be a man or a woman, you can be one. And the reason I know that is because I, at one time, wasn't a man. I was into everything you can think of. I was totally out of control. And uh, it was because of my resentment that I first had for my parents and then everything else I had dealt with in life. And there was no one there to tell me how to deal with it. I looked all around, and there simply was no one there to tell me how to deal with it. So if I can become a man, anybody and their mama can become a man or a woman. You can do it. I'm telling you, you can do it. One thing that you must do, uh, uh, the Bible says that we have to repent. We have to forgive. You've got to repent. And I mean truly repent in order that you may change, that you may cross over into the truth and to what is right. And I don't mean that church-going kind of repentant, repentant, repentant. You know, you go to church and the preacher tell you, uh, read First John chapter 10, verse 1, that says, confess the Lord and name him. What did, what did I say? If you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then uh, he shall, for, what? Yeah, if you confess the Lord as your last your Lord and Savior, you, you shall be saved and repent. It doesn't work. And, and you say, oh, yes, it does work. The Bible says it. I can hear you now, especially you church-going folks. I can just hear it all around me. It doesn't work. And I can show you that it doesn't work. Most of you have, re, have quoted that verse a hundred times or more, and yet inside of you, you, you're lonely. You have an emptiness. You have this void that you can't seem to fulfill. Uh, you can't see clearly. You still need to go to church every day so that the preacher can tell you how to think, how to act, and what to believe. You don't get along with your wife. You don't get along with your husband. Your children are on drugs, uh, alcoholics, and most of the men are cowards, and the women are angry. And most of you have quoted that verse inside out, and you think that you're repentant, and you're not. Because when you truly repent, you do overcome. You get a new nature. And in that nature, you don't have that emptiness and that void and that loneliness. And you don't need the drugs. And you're not worried. You don't have any doubt or fear. You have a new nature. When you truly repent, it will happen. It has not happened in your life. Uh, but it can happen. And the way that you repent, which is the hardest thing for people to do, you must begin to know yourself. You know, the Bible tells us to know ourselves, because when you began to know yourself, knowing yourself causes you to repent and it allows you to see life in a different way. When you're walking in uh, judgment or uh, uh, proud, prideful and egotistic, egotistical, testicle, you uh, you're puffed up. You're living in your head. You think you know it when you don't know it. You read about God, and you can preach about him, but you don't know him. Uh, 
you get education, all these degrees, and you think that you're smart when in reality you're still a fool. And you think that you know it and you don't. You're living in your head. You believe in every thought or everything that your imagination is telling you. And everything that it tells you is a lie. But yet you believe it and it's not working. And you still think that you're repentant. I tell you, when you truly repent, you're going to come out of your imagination and you will become aware of your imagination, whereas your imagination can't control you anymore. You're now uh, living from within. Uh, God said that the kingdom of heaven is within, is within us. And, but when we get to know ourselves, we will see that. And that's when life will begin to change. It is not going to change while you're in church reading the Bible all the time. There's nothing wrong with reading the Bible. Uh, the problem that you're making with the Bible is that you're studying the Bible and you're uh, um, remembering God from the words, the verses and chapters that you read in the Bible. Bible, And it's not working and it will never ever, ever work. Sorry. It will not work. Uh, the Word is in our heart. The Word is made flesh. And it's that Word that we find when we began to look within ourselves. We find that Word within us. And that Word is what guides us. You know, the Holy Spirit is supposed to teach us and guide us, instruct us, perfect us, change our life. But the problem is we never find Him within ourselves because we're always looking on the outside. The answer that we're looking for is not on the outside. It's not in the churches. It's not in the colleges. It's not in the high schools. It's not in the streets. It's inside of you. And when you begin to look within yourself, you will know him. We must let the truth catch up with us. The Bible says again that when we pray, go into our prayer closet, be still and know God. Shut up. Stop wimping and whining and begging and, and, and asking for things that you know not what you want. You know, Lord, please help me. Lord, give me a car. Bless my daughter. Bless my son. Bless the pastor. Uh, give me a husband. Give me a boyfriend. I want money. All that stuff is a waste of time. And then that stuff that you're doing in the church, you can go to most of these churches. And I'm really hard on the church, you know, because the churches, especially the black churches, are taking advantage of the uh, black people. They are no different than a pimp. Uh, it's just that you dress up on Sunday morning to do it. And then you pay. Well, that's what a pimp does. You pay, the pimp pay, pay the prostitute, right? So we pay the, the preacher to pimp us every Sunday morning, Monday through to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You're not going to find it there. It's inside of you. And we as adults, as fathers, and mothers, and husbands, and wives, we have a responsibility to pass that on to our children. We got to begin to look within ourselves. Another thing, the hardest thing in the world for a person to do <clears throat> is to sit still and know God. Most of you cannot go into your prayer closet and allow the truth to catch up with you. It, 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 like, it would drive you crazy to just sit there and let God reveal to you himself or what is wrong. You've got to go in there and hoop and holler because if not, you'll go crazy. And the reason that you will go crazy is because you hate the truth. You know, the truth starts coming up on you. You feel this pain. You know, you got to run. You got to get on drugs. You got to go have sex. You got to run to church. You got to get that Bible out. You got to listen to your gospel music. You got to do all this stuff to run away from the truth. And yet you pretend 
that you want the truth. If you want to know God, you got to be still and know him. You got to admit that you're wrong. You, you must stop trying to change your own life. You cannot, absolutely cannot change your own life. It is not in your power to do it. His will be done, not yours. If you're not serving God, you're serving the devil. There is no you. All right. You're not in control. I know that your preachers, your teachers have told you that you're in control. They have lied to you. And if you don't believe that, examine your life and you will see that you're not in control. You're not in control and you're not going to change until you sit still and know God. We're coming to the end of this uh, segment of this program about the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. And what I like to do is to, if you want more information about the organization, you can call the phone number right in front of me. I can see it now. Right in front of me, there's a 1-800-411-BOND. That's 1-800-411-BOND. Are you looking for the phone number? Yeah. Call that number. You can get more information. We are doing some real, real stuff over there. I have to tell you, we have meetings on Sunday mornings at 1030, men and women. On um, um, Wednesday night, youth meetings, male and female. And Thursday nights at 7 o'clock, men only. It is a nonprofit organization. We have a lot of good stuff going on over there. We're having a uh, success seminar. And if you want more information about that, we have seven principles that will guarantee you success. And I know that because I'm not an educated man. I'm a, a dummy. I'm only smart because I can see the truth. And that truth is guiding me. It has changed my whole life. I'm a, success, a successful businessman, an organization, a nonprofit organization, uh, a radio talk show host, uh, a TV talk show host. I don't have sex out of wedlock. I travel all across the country. I am absolutely doing what I was created to do in life. And I'm going to show you seven step, steps how you can do the same thing. We'll, we're, we're out of here. Tune in next week. I'm going to introduce some of the uh, members of Bond to you. Have a good night. <laughs> Welcome to the program. My name is Jesse Peterson. We're doing a two-part series on the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. If you missed last week, just call the uh, TV station here, and they will replay the first uh, part one of the program. Uh, in that program, I explain what we were all about. So we're not going to get all into what we're about tonight. I want to introduce you to some of the young men who um, are, are members or part of the organization, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny Bond. We are a national organization, nonprofit, and our purpose is to rebuild the family by rebuilding the <coughs> man. Um, you know, I want you guys to introduce yourself because I can't remember your names. And we'll start over here first. Um, your uh, name and age, all right? My name is Dewan Johnson, and I'm 17. Hi, I'm AJ Swanier, uh, age 21. Hi, I'm Damian J. Hill, I'm 19. I'm Damon Johnson, and I'm 15. I'm Wayne Cox, and I'm 15. <laughs> All right. I'm glad you guys are here, young black men. How come you're not in jail yet? I'm in college. <laughs> actually, uh, actually, it's, it's being changed. In a, in a generational pool, more people are being striving to go to college these days. 
I mean, somebody would look at me and being muscular and, you know, just having the basic attire that a regular black person my age would wear, they would expect me to be someone coming from jail when really I go to college. You know, we have gyms, so you can just lift weights easy there in gyms. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's happening a little bit differently. Why would they have that impression of you? Just, it's that basic stereotype. When we have 70% of all black men locked up in jail right now, mm-hmm. 30% on the streets. I mean, that's, that's just the minority. So, you know, we're always going to be overrated by the majority. I see. If I saw you on the street, I would think that you're a gangster. And mainly because that's how gang members dress, dresses, and you give that impression. And if I'm looking at you walking down the street, all I have to go by is your outer appearance. That first impression, uh, everybody reaching for the beeper. That first impression of you. So why do you find it necessary to dress like a gang member? I find it necessary to dress how my my spirit has has been um, guided my whole life. Your spirit told you to dress like and that. Yes, if if I if I um still had this image being portrayed as someone that's in real life, then that image could be changed and revolutionized to a new level. Wayne, how important is your outer impression? Is that important? Yeah. How you look is important. Yes. And so, what do you think about uh, his dress? Would you think that he's a gangster, a game member, or something like that, or, or no. a kind of bully kind of guy? No, I think it depends on how you carry yourself. Uh, not how you dress. Dress. Well, sometimes how you dress, but no, like not him. Not but who? Not him. <laughs> he doesn't look like he could be a game member. I mean, he could be, but it doesn't look like he is. Uh, his dress, his dress doesn't say that to him. Nope. What is your impression of Bond? What have you learned from from coming to Bond? Uh. I learned to look at myself and like when I have problems, see what I did wrong, and to look look for look to God for the problems that I have to lead me the right way. Were you not doing that before coming to Bond? I wasn't. You wasn't, and why not? Cause I didn't know. You didn't know. Your your parents hadn't taught that to you. No. Yeah. Is life a little easier by looking at yourself first? Yeah. It is. Uh, how would you describe yourself? What kind of person is Wayne? Um, a good person. Oh, you are. Um, friendly. There's people I'm not like. <laughs> I don't single people out for no reason, you know. I can't hear you. I say I don't single people out for any reason. Um, uh, I love God. Wayne. And then I'm gonna move on to Damon. But Wayne, is there a problem with black people, uh, black men? Yeah. And what is the problem? What What do you see wrong with them? I don't know. It's a lot. There's a lot of things wrong. <laughs> I can't even tell you. Just I mean, gangs and violence, black on black crime and stuff like that. Why do you think that is? Or why they have it? Why are they doing that? I guess because they were raised wrong and I mean they raised into violence and that's all they do. Couldn't really tell you. Yeah. Uh Dewan. Is it Dewan? Yes. Dewan. Uh has Bond helped you at all? It helped me somewhat. It helped me understand other people better. Uh, like what, for example? Like I can't so- hear you over here. Oh, like if someone's yelling at me or something like an adult or one of my parents. And sometimes I can see that they can't help themselves. 
And so I look at it like that. Well, if they can't help themselves, I'm not going to get angry. I can. I try to understand it. Yeah. Is it easier for you now in the home as a result of understanding that? Yes. Yeah. What is your relationship with your dad right now? Well, we're we're cool right now. It's not like the normal father to son relationship, but it's better than it was before bond. And what changed it? Well, me understanding what he goes through and me understanding him better as a person. Absolutely. You know, that's that's the thing that all people got to understand is that the people around you may not ever change. Your parents might not change. Your friends may not change. But if you change your reaction to them, then you could be happy in the midst of whatever's going on around you. We got to learn how not to react to everything. People control you through your emotion. They can tell you something good about yourself. You're jumping up and down, feeling good. And they can tell you something bad about yourself. You're feeling bad. We got to overcome our emotions so that we won't be controlled by that. You know, uh, a good example is a husband and wife relationship. If the woman wants to control the man, she'll say to him, you know, honey, you are so wonderful. You're just handsome and you're just all that. And he'll jump around like a little puppy. She'll get everything she wants from him. And then when she wanted to control him the other way, you're no good, you're never going to be nothing. You know, you're just a lazy black bomb, and then he's bombed out on that. He got to not need her to make him feel good so that he will not be controlled. That's how all of life operates. We need to overcome the world. Damon, what do you think is wrong? I mean, Dewan, what do you think is wrong with black men? They don't think before they act. They a, lot of them, they, a lot of them react to things they need to think about first. Like... Say they was going to get in a fight, someone stepped on their shoe or something. Instead, reaction, you, you would want to go out and hit that person or step back on their shoe instead of thinking about it. It, it could have been an accident or something. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. Do you think that it's the white man's fault that we're so screwed up? No, it's not the white man's fault. It, people, everyone has a mind of their own. And so you, you shouldn't blame it on other people. Yeah. Dewan, do you think, I mean, AJ. Yeah. Do you think that it's the white man's fault that black people screwed up? Um, no, I don't. Basically, that the way I feel is it's like, or this, this is what I feel, that the reason why, you know, black men act the way they do is because, of one, there was no, no father figure in the household, and also that it's just, I can say, I'm at a loss for words right now, but the only I can say really is just that it's really a cop-out. That's all it is, it's just a cop-out, you know. They will use any excuse, what you know, just just to not uh, step up to it, you know, and be. Well, you know, the one thing that happens when you don't have a father, you don't really know what to do. Yeah. You don't really know how to do it. You know, I was like 37 years old, old, and I didn't know how to do it. You know, if I wanted to do my own thing, I wasn't for sure how to do it. I didn't know how to start a business. I didn't know how to make a decision and go with that decision. I needed someone else to okay it for me. A lot of men, most of them, do not want to be parts of gangs. They do not want to uh, be on drugs and, and be the way that they are, but they absolutely cannot help themselves because that's their nature and they're out of control. Yeah. And, you know, it's not, it sounds like it's a cop-out, but really they can't help it. Have you ever done something in your life that you didn't want to do but you did it anyway? Um, and it may have been destructive? I'm sure I have. Yeah, that's the idea. You know, you do things that you don't want to do mm -hmm. because something else is driving you. But the problem is we excuse it away by blaming others, saying that it's not our fault, it is someone else's fault. And that's why we never overcome it. Right. 
Do you think we need affirmative action? Um, in a way, yes, and in a way, no. What way, yes? Okay, well, the way, yes, is with affirmative action. Um, let's see. Well, just just pretty much give a, a whole broad statement of it. You know, I think everybody should get their fair chance, regardless of you know where they're from or what nationality they are or what their legal status Give is. Give me an example of getting a fair chance. What do, you, what do you mean by that? Okay, well, like one, um, you know, as far as you see people, uh, how can I put it? Um, as far as seeing people like at jobs, okay, yeah, a job would be a perfect example, okay? Um, Basically, the way I feel is somebody should get the job based on their performance and not the color of their skin. Well, that's what affirmative action does. It's yeah. based on your skin tone and yeah. not your performance. Yeah, well, see, because I know for me, if I were to get a job, I want to get a job because I was qualified, not yeah. because of my skin color. Absolutely. So it sounds like you don't think that we need affirmative action. In a way, we do, but in a way, we don't. That's what like way saying. we do? <laughs> well, because like, in a way, we do is because there's so much stereotype going on you know that basically most or I should say most employers but there are employers out there that will choose you know to sit here and just do a generalization of a certain type do of Do me a favor uh, before I go to Damon name me one stereotype about black that is not true Um well I have to say about you know about black people being wild you know and just out of control cuz I true. mean well there are a few I could not you. There are some. How's that? <laughs> there are some out there, but not everybody's like that, you know. Because I remember just one day I was walking down the street, and there was this lady that was um, walking uh, in the opposite direction of me, right? And what lady. she did, pardon me? A black lady. No, she 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 was white. Okay. And what she happened to do was she was carrying her purse loosely on her on her shoulder and then when I started to approach her she kind of grabbed it kind of real tight you know just to I guess that she thought I was going to come by and kind of snatch it from her but right how do you feel about that well basically the way I see it that's that's their problem I mean I'm not going to let stuff like that uh, bother me if people want to do stuff that's just on them do they have a legitimate reason for doing that no I, I don't think they do you don't uh, Damon do you think that white people have a legitimate reason women have a legitimate reason for holding their purse when they see you coming they're scared. Yeah. And do they have a reason to be scared? No. It, is it true that black men, for the most part, are doing those kinds of things? Snatching purses? It's all, it's all color. But is it predominantly in the black community? I don't know. You don't know? Um, what is your... Uh, can I just take your question in one minute? Let me just ask them this and then we'll take questions. What is... Your, what has Bond done to help you? Help me speak up and not be afraid of things. Good. And what is your relationship? You live with both parents right now? Yes. What is your relationship with them? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine now? Yes. Was it not fine before coming to Bond? Everything was fine with my mom, but it wasn't with my father. Yeah. And now you deal with him differently? Yes. He. I speak up about things I don't like, and okay. he might get mad, but I, guess I, I get it off my chest. Absolutely. And you feel better, huh? Yeah. I'm telling you, that's the way to go, man. Speak up, but don't hate. You cannot go wrong. What do you think about that? I feel speaking up makes a big difference in everything because it's good to know a point. It's good to know everyone's point of view. 
we need to know both sides point of view we need to know what what can, what could you contribute or what could you bring to the organization we need to know Let me a ask wide you. wide variety of views Do you, were you raised by both parents no uh, my father died when i was 18 months and my mom got caught up in that the chain reaction that swept through black neighborhoods in the 70s and 80s which was crack cocaine i mean it's like a chain reaction everybody just hopped on the choo choo and, and who raised you and I was raised by my aunties and uncles. Really? So what did it feel like not to have your mom and dad in your life? I grew up used to that life because, I mean, as a young kid, I, I love video games. All day I would just go out and ask people for quarters. And I, I would make, for instance, $20 a day asking for quarters. So I never had parents really to depend on. I had to depend on myself to, really? to do things when I was younger. Is there a part of you that inside that kind of... Um, hunger for your dad like I wonder what he was like yes because everybody always tells me so much so many different things about my ideas how they came off the same way his came off or or think just things that I do in my life just how they resemble my father and it just makes me wonder deeply yeah I understand that um yeah you have a question do we have time for a question come on miss yes ma'am um, I just want to say that if someone were to walk by a black man and hold their purse, I think it's because maybe they have seen someone. Um, they've seen some. They've seen someone steal a purse before. They've seen black men steal purses before, but it's not necessarily the, for the most part that black men do it. But they just since they've seen like maybe one person, they stereotype all blacks to do that. So you think that they only saw possibly one black person still, and now everybody walking in fear? I'm not saying just one person. I'm saying it might be like more than one person, but not. It doesn't have necessarily have to be most black people who do it. Okay, you know, I when I walk down the street in front of white women, I notice that they hold on to their purses as well, and it used to make me feel bad. But I began to think about what black most black men are like. And I began to understand why they do it. When we come back from the break, I'll tell you what I mean by that. Back in a moment. Bond, the brotherhood organization of a new destiny. Rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. For more information, call us toll free. 1-800-411-BOND. That's 1-800-411-BOND. Okay, welcome back. We're talking to the men of Bond, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. Um, let's just finish all why white women are afraid of black men walking down the street. It is a fact that most of them, not all, but most of them are thieves, gangsters, and they will take your purse. They'll take your life and everything else. We got to deal with why so that they can overcome it. But we, over the last 30 years, America has seen that for so long, it's enough to put fear in you. I know black women that are afraid when they walk down the street and see black men walking down the street. Uh, it is a fact. And when you realize that fact, then you won't take it personally. You will understand why they are doing it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. AJ? Yes. Um, yeah. Also, if I can say another thing, uh, also to add to your statement, uh, as far as crime, I feel crime has no color. Because, I mean, you have almost every spectrum of nationalities out there that are, are doing crimes. But I would have to say a major part 
of the problem is the media. The media will show all different sorts of crimes, but a majority of the crimes that they show, they are with African Americans. Yeah. And, and you're right, the media does focus on black folks a mm -hmm. lot. Not as much now as they used to, because they're afraid now of being called racist that they should do it, but they do. But you have to admit, we are out of control for the, for the amount of people, black people that there are. We are out of control. Some uh, of us, in yes. area of crime. <laughs> Let's talk about dating real fast. Uh, you guys are not dating because you're too young, right? No one up there is dating. I am. What do you consider <laughs> dating? Oh, you're 21. I'm sorry? Okay, so uh, who, who on stage is dating? Like, what do you mean by dating? Dating a girl. Have a girlfriend. <laughs> oh, just one person up here. Okay, good, because you other guys are too young and you're 21. Yeah. Um, at what age do you, you know, I noticed that a lot of young girls, oh, let me ask Oh, let me ask this first. I noticed that a lot of young girls and young guys are dating today, you know, early in, 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 in life. At what age do you think that they should start dating? Anybody? Damon? 16. What? Well, when they get mature enough to go out on a date. What, what, and, and what, when is mature? When do you know maturity? When you think you yeah, could sure. go out and have a decent conversation with a young lady without bringing up sex and all that stuff. So it could be at 12 or whatever, as long as you think that you can have a good conversation? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. Um, uh, like, when you reach, like when you reach a maturity level, like, like 16, you know, around when you get mature, not 12, 11, you know, 13, all that. Like when you're mature. You and you are mature at 16. Not everybody is, but, I mean, a lot of people are. That's 16. So you think 16. And you're not fully mature, but I think you're mature enough to handle it. Yeah. And, and, Damon, you think 12? No. When you get <laughs> high <laughs> 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 well, you should be at least in high school and mature enough. I think it's also it. when you can handle your responsibilities of dating. Yeah. And, okay, I, I want to come back to that. What age do you think? I think it wouldn't be nothing wrong with popping in a VCR tape and popping some popcorn at around age 13 and drinking some lemonade. 13? Sitting back and being swayed. But a lot of the parents are there with you while you're popping the popcorn? Right. Oh, okay. And what age did you say, AJ? Well, actually, I don't think there really is uh, an age because I know regardless of how a child is, is reared, you know, they will do pretty much do what they want to do, you know, because, I mean, you can have a, a parent or you can have parents that will sit there and tell, you know, their child, like, hey, you know, I don't want you doing this, you know, I want you doing that. But in, in reality, they're going to do what they want to do. I mean, you, regardless of what they would do that if they had a, a, a strong dad in the home, too? They well, do what they want? well, that all, all depends. It depends on the actual individual. Yeah. Or actually the child. So you don't think there is any age that they want to do well, it's okay? Well, if I had to say an age, I would say probably between the ages of 16 and 18. 16 and 18. Depending on, on how they are displaying their maturity to you. How about you, Duane? What what age do you think a, a young person should start dating? I don't know. You don't know? You're not dating? Nah. Good. Uh, Duane, do you think that uh, <laughs> do you think that uh, teenagers should have sex before marriage? Nah. You know it caused too many problems. I'm sorry. It caused too many problems. Yes, absolutely. How about you, AJ? I feel the same way. They shouldn't. How about you? It causes problems. 
So they should do it. No. How about you, uh, Dame? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, let me ask this. What's it, what, Damon? If you're mature enough to handle the problems, that ha what happens. So. so you think they should have sex too? If you're mature enough to handle whatever happens. But how do you, what is, define mature enough? If, if you, you get pregnant, how are you going to handle that? You better go and get a job and care for your baby. At the age of 12? You ain't, they shouldn't be doing that at the age of 12. What age? High school and up. High school and up. What age, uh, Wayne? You, you think teenagers should have sex? No, I think they should wait till they're married because, like, morals from God and, like, the Bible, you know, what it says. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Can you stand up for me? Jesse, I want to commend the work you've done with the gentleman here. I'm impressed. I'm really impressed of the youth of today. There are guidelines for youth. There should be limits. There's responsibilities. You're not ready for them sometime. 30-year-old men shouldn't date sometime because they're not responsible for what they're doing. It's really when a person reaches a level of maturity and willing to take the responsibility behind things. This gentleman here, say 13, because he's very independent. He was taught to do for himself. Oh. This one right here, uh, Dibuan. But Damon, no, no, this one's there. Damien. Damien. But he say thirteen because he is younger, thinking at eleven. His thirteen is probably sixteen or eighteen because of the but circumstances. I'm sorry. He said no sex. Just spending time. No sex. We almost we also have to realize that young men, and this is the truth. You know, I will tell you the truth. Men have hormones that are mothers don't realize these hormones that go through our young men forever, even now, men. And we have to know how to work with these. When they're in a situation, a dating situation, one-on-one -on -one with no guidance, sometimes they get out of hand. You do, they do need guidelines from whomever it's coming, you, bun, but it should be set or you have problems. Yes. Uh, and the only reason you guys' hormones will be out of control is that you're angry about stuff. You got a lot of hatred inside of you. Uh, whenever you fall to hatred, it'll awaken your sexual appetite. So if you deal with life in a proper manner without reacting to life, I guarantee you that you will maintain self-control until marriage. That's the only way you're going to be able to handle it. But if you overreact to life, you're going to have it before time. What would you think about a girl that will have sex with you before marriage? Uh, I, I believe that she was in the same mood as me because I mean I'm I'm doing the same thing as her. So would you have respect for her? Thing to make the hundred. I mean it's it's like it's man and woman's choice. So I know, but would I'm you saying. have respect for a woman that would have sex with you before marriage? Yes, I would, but I couldn't necessarily say someone that just came over the first day I met him. And just jumped all in the bed like, you know what I'm saying? What's going on? We down with OPP. And I'm like, you know, I'm... The one, would you have set a re respect for a woman that would have sex out of my, how will I? Would you trust her? If I known her for a long time, I would, it depends. If I known her for like, say over a year, I probably would respect her. But like he said, if I just known her for like a week or something, she was like, let's do this. I'm like, you probably got something or something. <laughs> Too fast. <laughs> Uh, how about you, Wayne? Would you respect the girl that would have sex with you out of wedlock? Um, it depends who it was. Like, yeah, like Dewan said, if I if I knew the person for a long time, or if I knew it before they first did it, but like some person, you know, that just does a lot. You know, I want to do this, and like when you first meet them, uh, I would, yeah, I would just I would think they had something too. I would think they were going around with everybody else. Dwayne, what's so, your impression of church? 
How you feel about churches? Dwayne, I'm Damon. I be Damon. How I feel about church? I like it. It's fine with me. Do you go? When I get a, when I'm not working, yes. How you feel about church, Dwayne? Well, I see it sometimes. I think it's fake because of the. Uh, it's what? I think it's fake sometimes because the reverends always have all this money and they always like collection plate all day and always <laughs> driving nice cars. It's like. I don't know. I don't. You said collection plates all day. Bro. In a big way. In a big way. Churches. They were the um, the church spirit reminds me of the hip hop spirit. I mean, when people get hyped up and, and want to talk about things that's really true. I mean, well, it's like how how we have so many different studios. When people could be working together, we have so many different churches. When we could pull together and make one strong church. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 a um, bad thing there when we have so many churches when churches can combine you, you know what and, guys I'm out of time already I really appreciate you guys coming on if you want more information about Bond call the 800 number 1-800-411-BOND good night alright thank you thank you welcome to uh, the Jesse Peterson show we're doing a three part series on the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny Bond. And our purpose is to rebuild the family by rebuilding the man. But we do help women as well because they don't have men to help them. I said, so we're real men, we help them. Uh, tonight we're going to talk to some of those women uh, or young ladies. Uh, if you missed last week's program, just call the studio. They will replay it for you, all right? Do not hesitate to call. Uh, before we get into our topic, uh, can you tell me your name? Just introduce yourself for me. Uh, my name is Elsa, and I've been going to Bond for about four years. My name is Tanisha, and I've been going to Bond for about maybe four or five months. My name is Mecca, and I've been going to Bond for about four or five months. How many? Can you four, speak or five, a four or five months. You've been going longer than that. I guess. I don't know. It's all cute, though. <laughs> My name is Kenny and I've been going to Bond maybe, I don't know, six or seven, maybe a year. I'm from Advanced Studies. My name is uh, Dr. Marion Carr. I've been aware of Jesse for many years. We've done many talk shows together. I represent being the National Vice President of the Black Women's Alliance also. Yeah. You know what, we're having a problem out here here yet. I don't know why, so can you speak a little louder? Uh, why do you guys hate men? <laughs> <laughs> we don't hate men. <laughs> we don't hate that. Tanisha, that's a good question. Why do women hate men? I'll just sum it up because I don't understand them really. You don't understand them? I don't understand them. What is that you don't understand? I mean, how what do they you mean? think that they don't. It's hard for me to to grasp the fact that they don't think like I do. So it's hard for me to to communicate with them. Really? Really? Do you think a man should think like a woman? No. Uh, what do you mean, think like you? That they don't react like me or or express their feelings the same way I do. Oh, and, and, but you think that they should? No, I don't think they should. Oh, okay. I'm just saying that I've never been taught how they do think. Oh, I see. You've never been taught how a man should be. Yeah, my dad never told me or anything. I mean, he showed me that he worked hard, but as far as feelings and emotions and how to relate to people, I never really, uh, he never taught me that. Really? And so, that's interesting. Why do you hate do you hate men, America? No. You know, you're too young to hate them yet, right? Why would I? What is the reason for <laughs> hating men? I don't see <laughs> any reason. Do you, how do you feel about men, uh, 
Allison, um, do you hate men? I think I used to at one time in my life. Why? Uh, probably because they were too weak and couldn't handle me. Could handle you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Men mm-hmm. cannot handle women? Uh, not when they're emotional yeah. and not when they're not sure of themselves. And, and most of them are like that. Mm-hmm. Is that disappointing for a woman when she can't find a strong man? It's disappointing because um, it becomes a little confusing because you don't know how um, the person's going whether the man is, go- is supposed to lead. So what happens is a woman becomes even more confused because she doesn't have a person who will lead her. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Dr. Kyle, why do you hate men? Jesse, I can't say that I hate men. I think that sometimes I resent men. I don't think there's no hate there. I well, love my father greatly. I resent men at times. Why? No, I'm being honest. Uh, I have a great love for my father. Uh, In the 90s, I have found a lot of breakdown in relationships, a lot of dishonesty, a lot of man sharing, a lot of disappointment for women as a whole. But there's no hate there. The first love is a man. You know, for me to say I hate a man would be definitely a lie because, you know, to me, the cold picture is complete. What's the difference between resentment and hatred? No, I resent some ways. No, I said, what is the difference between the two? You can resent a person's action if they're not acting right. But you can love them at the same way. That's not hate. You can say, I resent your ways, but I love you very much. But I resent you smoking. It's it's detrimental for your your health. You know, you can resent something that's detrimental to that person or to the relationship. It's a threat. But the effects of resentment is the same as that of hatred. I, I don't agree to that, Jesse. Yeah, no I absolutely cannot agree what it to is, that. You know what? The reason that we use the word resentment now is because society has fallen so low that they don't like real words, strong words. We try to soften the blow, so we use sweet words, soft I words. Use, I use strong that, words, that Jesse, when necessary. I, I, I can use strong words. I will use them. There is no hate there. If it was hate, I truly, and right here, could tell you. Okay. I truly believe. So you believe, don't think women hate men? I think some women do. I absolutely have seen. I've seen examples. I've seen relationship. There's a true hate there. What there are reasons. What is your in a man? Tell me I'm sorry. what disappoint you about men. Me? Uh-huh. Me as a person? Yes. Uh-huh. No, not all men. Some no, you men have been, have been irresponsible. Some men have not shared themselves fairly. They have represented their mates poorly. They have been deceitful. When you look at, uh, you look upon a man as an extension of yourself to compliment you, to share life with you, to even create your children. You know, you believe in this person. When they disappoint you, it's a hard blow to some yeah, women. It it's a hard blow to me because I've invested in that person. I believe in that person. I love in that person. As I say, relationships are pretty strained in the 90s. I, as a young girl, I had great relationships. I find myself single again in the 90s. There's strained relationships. You guys are too young to be dating, so I can't even... What is your impression of... You're not dating, right? No. So you don't even care about boys at this point. Well, what do you uh, think about boys? <laughs> They're guys. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just. You think they're kind of crazy or what? I think some are a little out of it. <laughs> uh, what's your? How has Bond has Bond helped you? Uh, understand myself more and understand other people. I can't hear you. To understand myself and understand what people are going through, and what how they are, so I can deal with them. What's the one thing that you've understood about yourself that you didn't know 
realized before? That I become what I hate. Yeah. How about you, Mecca? How has mine helped you? Um, it helped me because um, I know that now I know that people like have pe- that people have problems, and I can't change their problems. I can only change what I'm doing, not what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, Tanisha, do you think that a woman should be the head of a man, or a man should be head of her? The man should be the head of her. The man should be the head. And why do you feel that way? Because I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it just feels right to me. I guess because my dad was. He's pretty much a strong man, so I've never seen it the other way. And, my, and women, to me, are, I mean, we just react a whole lot, and it causes a lot of confusion most of the time. I mean, with my own mom, she's just, sometimes she just overreacts, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> and so a man, to me, should just be the complete opposite of that and just be patient and very straightforward. Yeah. Uh, you agree with that, Dr. Carr? I agree with that. I think there's a foundation needed. It's biblical. It's absolutely in all the Bibles, the Quran. A man is needed to guide. A woman needs security. You feel better when you have that strength, when you can rely on this person. You know, we're filled with a lot of hormones and emotions. That's why women don't go to war. Sometimes they find women get hormonal and they react. I know. Would you like to be up in a war plan and all of a sudden this woman go to war? You know, she's mad because... Blow up the world. She's mad because yep. the enemy is Shoot him firing right at her. Okay. <laughs> I have PMS. <laughs> Hit the button right now. <laughs> you understand? So there's yeah. a need for the steadfastness in men, you know. Do you understand that women have screwed up men? What do you mean by that, oh. Jersey? Uh, do you understand that the reason that men are weak, emotional, out of control is because their mothers or grandmothers have screwed them up? I think many mothers had a dual role, and especially in, in minorities. You know, we say black, but actually in minority um, communities, Hispanic, it could be in some Asian communities, four-way in lands where it's a lot of problems happening. Uh, she's had a dual role. I firmly believe a woman needs to be with her son up to a point needs her daughter at another point there is a point in a male's life he needs that male role he so needs his again, father and, and kind of get a quick answer because we have to move on do you think do you realize that women have screwed up men and that's why they i like can't that? use the word screwed up because i How think about messed up i can't use the word messed up <laughs> these women have been very sincere they have given this child this male child the love and support he needs there is a role and there is a time when she needs her man to help her if she doesn't have it she can't teach that son to be a man she is not a man so is that a yes she has done something to him she has wrong. caused confusion because her her role has been overplayed yeah. and there there is a need for a man yeah there's misguidance given, not deliberately, just because she has been put upon her a role she can actually fulfill, the truly. One, and you're right. The one thing I really want to clear up, if men were strong, then women couldn't screw up the family. But when they're weak, a woman cannot help herself. She's literally driven to do it. So you're right. It's not that. It's something that dwells in her that does it. It's really not her. Well, Jesse, a lot of the things that we're seeing now are learned behaviors. You know, we say, well, the black's going to do this, the black's going to do this. Minorities have been put down and learned a lot of a lot of people, people of other ways, but that's an excuse. There has been rejection. Rejection hurts, and we have not known what to do with ourselves. Society. 
You mean white I'm not people? saying colors. Oh no. I mean, who you rejected him? I don't understand what you're saying. It's just been a lot of rejection of minority men by as who? a whole by society. Uh, 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 do you look forward to getting married and letting your husband be the head of you? Um, I look forward to getting married and like having a <laughs> family and everything, but I don't know about having a man being ahead of me. I mean, I don't like to say, oh God, I can't wait to have a man be ahead of me. It's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know it sh- it's supposed to be that way, but I mean, I don't yeah. like look forward to it. <laughs> Uh, what do you think about God? Do you ever think about God? What's your impression of God? What's my impression of him? Yeah, do you ever think about him? Yeah. And, and what's your impression of God? Um, he's there to guide me into a good life and to help me out whenever I have problems. And so you think about him sometimes, huh? Yeah. You literally do. Do you, Mecca? About God? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and what is your impression of him? He's God. What do you mean? Jesse, may I comment? Mac is mighty quiet tonight, huh? <laughs> I don't what know what you well. mean by what's my impression of him. Uh, okay. What's I don't want. If you don't have it, I don't want to force it. I just wonder what you thought about him. Oh. What well, do you think about the church? You think we need to go to church? Um. Well, I did. Well. I did before, but now I'm not really sure if it's absolutely necessary because, I mean, I think that if you really know God that you don't need to go somewhere else to have them tell you about him. Yeah. You want to come in, you say? Yes, Jesse. There's a need, you know, to me, when you say, uh, what do you think about God? There's a belief system that all human beings have. There's a stronger being. It could be Buddha for some. It could be Allah for some. God, you know, there is a God. There is a stronger, higher being. People need to believe in something. But you do need to be honest with yourself and go within yourself and have that faith. Do you believe in God? There is a God. Do you believe in God? I believe there is a God. You do. Do you believe in God, Elsie? Yes. You do. And how do you know? Um, I can only just from my own life experience that, you know, he's changed my life like 100%. Yeah. So, and that's just because I gave it all up to him. You believe in God, Tanisha? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. How do you know? Um, I know that when I open up to it, a lot of good things happen that I could never even have, you know, planned or thought of. A lot of, you know, ways that and I can help. Did I ask you how has Bond helped you since coming to Bond? How mm-hmm. has Bond helped you? It helped me to understand myself a lot, you know, that uh, patience is really important and that it's okay to try to do what's right, even though everything around you is wrong. Yeah. Do you, um, you know, it has been said that Bond hate women, that we are hard on women and stuff like that. Do you think that we are? Oh, uh, that um, we do hate women or No, I don't think that Bond hates women or that you teach that, you know, women are bad. Um, I think that you're hard on women t- uh, just because it's true, and it's hard for us to hear it sometimes. Yeah, and why is mm-hmm. that? Because I guess, in a sense, we're, I don't know, I know I'm comfortable with control <laughs> to some degree, so when you take it away, it's like, now what? <laughs> you know, it's just a, a weird feeling. Yeah, it's hard to be without that control, huh? Yeah, when you don't have somebody there who can take the lead and who you can trust, you know, to take you the right way. Yeah. 
Elsie, how has Brian helped you? Well, it's helped Elsa. me look at myself and realize that, you know, everybody's pretty much on the same sort of path, you know, in terms of self-discovery. But it's really changed my life. Okay. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in a moment. Organization of a new destiny. Rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. For more information, call us toll-free, 1-800-411-BOND. That's 1-800-411-BOND. Okay, we are back, and we are talking about the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny Bond. And for more information about this organization, each and every one of you need it. I'm telling you, the churches are not working. Uh, it's not working in your homes. It's not working in your community. It's not working in your life. We have the answer for you. I guarantee you, if you come to Bond, you will not leave there the same. Either you're going to love us or you're going to hate us because we are going to tell you the truth because we want you to be uh, free. Black people have been lied to for too long, and it's time to wake up and smell the coffee. And if you don't wake up and smell it, you're going to destroy yourself. Nothing else is going to work but the truth. We're talking to some of the women of Bond. And um, um, what were we talking about before we went to break? You guys are mighty quiet today. God. For some reason, I thought you were going to be more. We're talking about guys. About God. God, God, and church, so. God and church. Mm-hmm. Um, um, let me ask this. What is it about women that we need? I understand everything about women anyway. They're crazy, confused, angry, out of control. Okay, I got to comment yeah. on that one. What okay. else do you need to understand about that? <laughs> Could I say something? Yes, ma'am. Oh, uh, I think I was going to say this, but Bond is way too hard on women. Like you said that women mothers screwed up their sons, but mothers wouldn't screw up their sons if the fathers were there to help them out. Right. That's so true. It's, it's not entirely father. all our fault. It's not well, your fault. It's the man's fault. Exactly. So yeah. say that. They say that women screwed up their sons and the men and stuff. But you do admit, as a result of having weak husband or the father being weak, she does screw them up, right? Yeah, because she mm-hmm. tries her best to raise them right, but it's not going to come out right because they don't have the father figure that they need in their lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I in it harder on the women than I am? The guys? Yeah. Yeah. Really? It's the way yeah. you word things sometimes. It sounds like you're being harder on women. So would I call these guys women for wearing earrings and ponytails and, and, they and don't all care. that? Uh-huh. Oh, and um, also during meetings when you say that you're acting like a woman when they're laughing and doing smacking gum and all that stuff. Yeah. I think that all women <laughs> don't do that. Us. I but, mean, they don't. But is that the nature of a woman? No. No. But would you tolerate that from women? If I mean, if we did it in the meetings, would no. that be something you just understood? Uh uh-uh, uh, I'll say okay. you're acting like women. Then don't say you're acting like. We are women, no. though. Jesse, yeah. what is the goal? Is it but to bring the women and men together? Or is it to separate? Because, you know, some of the kids, they're, well, the young adults, are, they're, they're very vulnerable and impressionable. So we have to be very tender with our words sometimes, what we say, because. No, our kids. They're you know, anything but tender words. Are we going? Are we putting them together? Or are we trying to put a separate, you know, to separate man and woman? Question. What I've you know, noticed what is, is the goal? That's all I, I want to know. What I've noticed is that when when the girls and the guys learn how to let go of that anger and stop reacting to life, they come together in a, in a normal way. 
They're not lusting after each other. They're not irritating each other as much. And they have a better relationship. And what I find is that kids, it's easier with young people to tell them the truth exactly. straight up than it is with older people. I think so. You have egos older, involved. Yeah, older people are rooted and grounded in the ego and pride. And they don't want to hear the truth where younger people seem to accept it e- easier. Yes, ma'am. But I think it helps, even though, you know, women are reactive and all that. If the man is supposed to lead, then he should be the first to be patient. Yeah. Because a lot of times if women trust men, then they'll calm down. And, you know, we don't act like that That's right. all the time. And we see that happen a lot at mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard for a woman to get me upset now. And when they come there, they act crazy. They get mad because you tell them the truth. God has given me the grace to be patient with them. And they see that as love. Some of them are leave mad, but they'll come back and realize, you know, you finally told me the truth. No one else did, and you didn't judge me on it. And that's what they need. They need their husband to be the same way, their mm-hmm. boyfriend, their fathers to be patient with them. But it's hard for men to do that because men are looking for sex. They're looking exactly. for love. They'll try, they need the woman to make them feel Well, they good. build trust, Jesse, to get up to a point and then they vacate and desert the woman. A woman needs definite security. She needs him to be there. She needs him to build that trust for, I guess, the conquer male think they can get. They work. They, they take the patient. But once it's there, they need not to vacate and leave that you woman alone. You know how alone. to build that trust with him? Do not have sex out of wedlock. Well, that's that's. Do a not plus. lie to him and make him feel good. Tell him the truth, but don't judge him. Then you plus. will get it. But what a lot of women do, they service the need, the false need of a man, and then the man do it for a while, and it's not enough. He got to move on to something else, because she is sweet in the beginning, and then after a while, after the romance stage, she started dogging him out. But you and have to teach him the that. responsibility behind the sex. See, sex, there is no responsibility it may, behind sex. It is. The it only is responsibility if you start a family. The only responsibility behind sex is not to do it until you get married. Exactly. If you do it before marriage, you're not going to make... Let me say this to the cameras. Men and women, if you have sex before marriage, you're not going to make it. I'm telling you right now. You don't have a chance. I don't care what your psychologists have told you, your <laughs> preachers have told you, your counselors. They have all lied to you. you got to wait until marriage because you're breaking a spiritual law. And when you break that law, you are in trouble. It's hard enough as it is, even exactly. when you do it before, after marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, the hardest thing in the world that a man ever has to go through is marriage. That's true. You know, it takes the wife 50 years before she finally come around a little bit, a little bit. So it's hard enough as it is. Why not go into that relationship with character, with self-control, so you can handle all that? Don't do it out of marriage. Yes, ma'am. Um, I think that sometimes, not just on this question, not just on that statement, but on other statements that you make, you, like, say, um, well, even though if your psychiatrist or anyone else told you that, but, I mean, what if, how do you know that you're necessarily all the time 100% right? Because I live what I say and I can see it clearly. Yeah, but that's... Those psychologists are not living it. They got it from the book. Not always. Well, I mean... Have you ever seen one that... Huh? Have you ever seen one that didn't... That knew what they were talking about? Well, how do I know if they know what you're talking about or not? (laughs) But I mean, no, I'm saying, though, that sometimes they might be right and you might be wrong, but then you're saying... But you've never seen one that's right. What? How do you know? I mean, <laughs> what? You're saying I've never, never heard seen of one that knew what, knew what they were talking they about. They might have known what have they were talking about. I don't, 
How do I know if they know what they're talking about? Or they might be wrong. I mean, I'm listening to them and I'm saying, I'm hearing what She would have to do some research, Jesse. It took you over 37 years, you said, to grow up and decide to be a man. That's a long time, actually. Clinically, you should have learned a long time before. For whatever the reason. Spiritually, I should have still, learned what I was, as I was growing up, how to do it. But so my dad you're, was a you're meeting too. with young men that are much younger. So they have, they have a lot of life issues to deal with. And it's not easy for them to accept these statements and responsibilities. It's easier for the young people. Just I'm to you. quote it to them. You know, we have to say, do as we do, not as we say, or what is uh, it, or uh, do as I say, not as I do. We have to have role right models for them. Or to do as I do and not as I say. I do? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that? She I said say, that they do. should teach their kid to do as I say and not as no. I do. Are you, are no, you relating it to what said. Jesse said? No, I'm saying we have to watch ourselves, not advocate. Mm-hmm. Do as I say, not as I do. We have to have role models and guidelines oh, okay. for them, and we have to follow those steps ourselves. Oh, she's to right. get them. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I said it backwards. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. you know, I That's why I thought he wanted to say something. You don't want to say anything? Yeah, I saw your hand. You want to say something? Oh, I was asking her but there's like a psychiatrist that she saying that knows what they're talking about. What? Uh, you asked her, there's a psychiatrist that she's saying that she know, like they know what they're talking about. I hear one every day on the radio that I know of. But there's a woman she works yeah. for. She Dr. Knows? Laura Schlesinger. Oh, I don't agree with everything she has to say. Well, what about Larry because she, Have you ever heard those homosexuals caught up and say, I'm having a problem with my boyfriend, and she tell them to make up, and they should commit themselves to one another? Maybe she's not biased to that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, but, but Jesse, Isn't that, like, totally crazy? But, like, in on TV mind. and everything, there's huh? people out you there You think who two guys should get it together, act like man and woman? I don't, I mean, I don't, it's not really my place to tell them what they should do or what they should do. No, 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 do. I say, do you think that that should be that way? Not they could do what they want. You're right, but do you personally think two guys could get it on and be happy, <laughs> happy as a couple? Like, well, they could be. It's not the natural way of doing it. No, okay, God said. And what do you think? I'm asking you with your own common sense. What do you think? I don't know. I um, you don't know. I do. I like, like I'm two I, guys I, now. You think it's supposed to be homosexuals or straight people? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I know what you're asking me, but it's like I have. I said, well, it's like, I don't care. I don't really care. I know, but you Can think I it's right that? for them. Yeah. I have an opinion. I think Real that fast. it should, I think it's meant to be man and woman together. It's not supposed to be two men or two women. Yeah, and your doctor tell the men No, but okay the thing is, is that there's people out there who are homosexual. When you're dealing with TV, there are people out there who are homosexuals, and you can't just, you can't just keep, like, I mean, you can't. you can't just keep downing the homosexuals and everything. You have to kind of work with them. You can't right. help them overcome it. You know, you can't I, say you're homosexual. I'm not going to talk to you. Click. Right. 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 Yeah. Jesse, what she's saying is the the psychologist is dealing with the relationship, not the sexual behavior. Oh. And she's mm-hmm. dealing with relationships. But she's telling them to get it on, make up, and commit to each other. That's when, stupid. Wait, I never heard we gotta that. We got to go. You know what? Yeah. Call the orga- organization. We're going to pick up more. Get the 800 number. It's right in front of me right now. 1-800-411-BOND. See you next week. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah.
can find.